What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, Fightful Raw Podcast. It's May 15th. We are now on the road to WWE Extreme Rules. But a little programming note, we will have post shows this Saturday and Sunday for NXT TakeOver Chicago and WWE Backlash. And tomorrow night on the post-Smackdown show, we'll be giving you our predictions uh, on those shows as well. Of course, check out the Wednesday show with Jimmy Van and myself. The list and your boy, which has exploded in popularity. It's become probably our biggest show on on the Fightful Podcast Network so far. We've got some stuff on there uh, each week that I think you all will, will like, in addition to myself and Jimmy Van. And last Friday, I did a members-only podcast, so register for Fightful, uh, Fightful.com. Absolutely free. You get access to the forums. You get podcasts like that. Here and there, Alex and myself, whether uh, collectively or individually, will be dropping some how we would book it podcasts as well because you all have been really asking for those. I'm going to try to get one of those out maybe next week. I I wanted to this week, but considering that I have shows uh, Saturday and Sunday, I figured it might be a little better to do that next week. Also, myself and Showdown Joe covered UFC 211. That podcast is up on YouTube and the website. And, of course, check out Anna Bowert's Most Ridiculous over on the sidebar, Fightful.com. If you're not visiting Fightful.com, do so. We bring you the latest uh, podcast interviews, news, results, photos, videos from MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing. Head over there if you haven't given it a try. I know thousands of you watch this show every single week. So uh, head over to Fightful.com. Give it a try. Leave it a little bookmark right there. Alex, you look bored. I'm going through all my shills. You're over there. You got your face on your knuckles. Who gives? You know, I was just, you know, thinking about Braun, what he's doing. It's sad. It's sad. This is a morning process. I miss him, you know? I mean, it's it's been it's been a long time that we've had him on the show doing awesome stuff, and now he's gone and I miss him. That's all. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. We'll go ahead and talk about that. He had his surgery and I don't know what the situation really is right now. I'm sure I'll find out tonight because I put in messages to these people and sometimes I'll get them back right during the show. And I'm like, damn, really during the show? But usually I get them like in between Monday and Tuesday. But I mean, they very well could be saying, oh, he'll be back in six months just to have him show up and turn over a semi truck in two months. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I've been hearing. Uh, I don't want to get my hopes up that it's that. I do think it's kind of suspect the way that they're telling the story that, uh, you know, he got hurt so bad uh, when when Roman Reigns was attacking his left arm that he had to get surgery on his right arm. Uh, <laughs> and they didn't have any surgeons in, in England, apparently, so he had to take a flight back to America to get surgery. They did a, they did a, uh, a consultation on Wednesday. They're like, okay, cool, we're going to go in for surgery tomorrow. And while they were doing surgery, they were like, oh, my God, your elbow shattered. We had no idea until we actually got in there. And I'm pretty sure that's not how x-rays work. So yeah. I'm suspect about the whole the storyline they're giving us. But at the same time, I, I, I want him to be fully healthy and ready to go. And the brawn that we all love, the guy who tips over ambulances, I want that guy back fully healthy whenever he's healthy. Don't rush back on our account, Braun. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And like, like you said, it is suspect. It is a little weird. Hmm. Guys, leave us a thumbs up on the YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Libsyn, all that good stuff. Hit that subscribe button. I can't tell you how much it means to us that you all do that. Turn your notifications on too. I never encouraged you all to really do that because we had so many shows but since we, we kind of cleared that off, uh, I really want to encourage you all to do that. Also, that uh, Tuesday show with Showdown Joe, we go about 90 minutes talking MMA, and he's going to be giving you quick hits throughout the week. So uh, no shortage of Showdown Joe over at Fightful.com. We have features coming from Brandon Howard and many more. Uh, Mike Straw actually took a look, an exclusive look at why there are no boxing video games, which you're not going to have anywhere else. But Monday Night Raw, we start off with Kurt Angle coming out and announcing a big top contender match for the Pape. Now, Alex, I was actually having this discussion with somebody on Twitter. While I think these are the right names, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, 
I personally, I think they could have probably got a couple of episodes of Raw out of having qualifying matches. Right. Um, my, I, I thought the same thing. And then I was like, who are the five guys these five guys beat to get in? Ambrose and the Miz got to be two of them. That's the thing. It's like, okay, that's two of them. Um, would th- They would probably cost each other the match so they could further that feud, which is going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever. I guess Apollo Cruz, maybe Big, big Casket's hey, a singles yeah, big match. Casket. Hey, you, you got know? a guy named Jeff Hardy, if they wouldn't have announced that title match. That's true. That's that's always a possibility. Cesaro, Sheamus, they have all those things. But they, they, but, they got guys, yeah. Yeah, they got guys. So uh, Big Show, you could throw him in there. That'd be fun. Uh, he's he's. I, I think they're trying to sell him as being literally dead from going through the ring from Braun. We haven't seen him since. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I completely forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so yes, I, I agree with you. However, I think they'd rather just have these five guys face each other in every possible permutation for the next five weeks or however long it's going to be. You know, like it feels like forever. Three, three weeks. It's like three weeks, but it feels like five weeks. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, we're going to get a really fun match at extreme rules with these five guys, but I have a feeling that these guys were going to be in matches for extreme rules, um, themselves. Like you were going to get a Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor match. You were going to get a Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe match. So all these guys are in this match. Um, so I say make it elimination and have it last an hour. Like, just make these guys go crazy all over each other, and that'd be fun. Um, because I want I want Extreme Rules to be one of the best pay-per-views of the year, like it normally is when you actually... Uh, the Asylum match, notwithstanding, from last year. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this. But um, And, honestly, I do not know who they're going to pick to face Brock Lesnar at um, Great yeah. Balls. Hashtag great balls. I have no idea who's going to have the balls to face Brock Lesnar in storyline uh, at great balls. Well, I can't wait for this match. Personally, this main event match, I would have it go an hour because you're you're really restricting some things on this show by putting all these guys in one match. I would have it go 50 minutes and then probably about 10 minutes worth of interests or entrances, not interests. Uh, hopefully it's an hour worth of interests. Yeah, but... I thought Roman Reigns was the star of this segment because he came out and we've we've not necessarily seen this Roman Reigns who's like, yeah, I'm coming off of a loss, but I deserve this title shot. None of these other dickheads do. Right. So I was, yeah, I was no, cool with that. I thought he was the best in this segment. No, this is this is fine. This is actually this is I'm 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 willing to see where they go with this version of Roman Reigns. Um. They screwed it up last year when after Mania when they had him come out and be tweener guy. We all thought this is this guy's fun, and then you know he was he was having the club gang up on him. We're supposed to feel sorry for him, then he gets his Usos to come in and run back up for him. It was just it just didn't it muddied all the waters. This he has the chance among these five guys to be really interesting. You know what I mean? uh, and so I'm 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 down for what they're going to do with Roman Reigns. I did think it was kind of funny that it was like, hey, so um, we're going to have this match with these five guys, and then one guy comes out, and you immediately know the next four guys are going to come out one by one. Yeah, I hate and that. Also I hate talk that. It. it just feels like cookie cutter kind of stuff. I wish they wouldn't do that every time. All five all five guys end up brawling. I'll let you all guess who was the one who did a front drop kick to the outside of the ring in the middle of the brawl. Angle ends up making a few matches out of it. I thought this segment was fine. It was pretty contrived in the the entrances thing, but I I thought it was pretty fine. You got to gain some interaction somehow, I guess. Next up, we had Jeff Hardy with Matt Hardy defeating Sheamus. Sheamus is a brute. Uh, This match, outside of a couple spots, I didn't think was very good, and a big part of that was the end of it. But that knee that Sheamus delivered to uh, Jeff Hardy... Oh my God, that was incredible! He hit him with a brogue knee. It was a yeah, a brogue knee. That's what that was. That was nuts. Uh, I I I liked it. I thought that was great. Um, I, I thought it was somebody was saying like actually, <laughs> Matt Hardy tweeted about it that that Swanton bomb was a shoot Swanton. 
Like all of his body weight came down across Sheamus. There was none of that happening. So you uh, call a receipt, my friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was yeah, cool. I'm I'm down for these for these teams to beat the hell out of each other at uh, Extreme Rules. That could be fun. I did think it was weird that like we all knew because that you told us that last week the winner of the tag team turmoil match was going to be the number one contenders, and they made a big deal out of Matt and Jeff Hardy finding out today that they were going to face Sheamus and Cesaro. It's like, no, we yeah, we all knew. Did you? Didn't I tell you guys? Yeah. So that yeah. was that was weird to me too. Uh, yeah. Sheamus kicked out of the modified twist of fate where he like got caught in midair with it. Yeah. A little unusual. And then we had this interference where Matt Hardy and Cesaro get involved. And Sheamus misses kicking Matt Hardy on accident. And Matt right. Hardy is like, you're going to have to do better than that, son. <laughs> I'm not selling for that crap. You better actually hit him for that. But Cesaro was already ready to catch him. Yeah. So Cesaro had to had to pretend like he wasn't ready to catch him. Yeah. And Seamus barely hits him again. He like leans back and just nudges him off. Yeah. He no, was so Yeah. I think that Matt and Jeff have to get back in the swing of things. And WWE, even if they miss you, sell like they hit you. And the announce team will go, that was a glancing blow. I don't know if he got all of it. Yeah. Uh, and then and then we're all supposed to just, like, move on. As, as I, viewers, we just move on. I got to put over Dice Morgan. I don't usually – I don't like to halt the show for comments, but we always get the Alex looks like he's broadcasting from prison. This one's the best I've heard. Oh, good. Pretty sure Alex does the podcast from a vestibule of an old Methodist church. <laughs> I don't, but I do look like I'm doing it from there. Yeah. yeah. That is phenomenal. That's good. That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Hardy gets the win. Looking forward to seeing what these two teams do at Extreme Rules. Alicia Fox with Noam Dar defeated Sasha Banks. Now, I, I heard you mention, or I saw you mention, that you love that Dar is now Alicia Fox's valet. I do yeah. too. I think that's great. Turnabout's fair play. Like I feel she like she deserves this, the valet. She does. Now listen, this is all. She also, she also deserves this win, and I hope they give her a minor push. She has been over on two hundred five live as, as this chucklehead's valet, eating flowers and tasting perfume for months. This is a former divas champion. She's she can be really good in the ring. Let her do that, and so this is great. Have her beat Sasha Banks. Let's see where this goes from here. I'm open to seeing what happens. We were like, Sasha Banks lost to Alicia Fox. Like, yes, I, I, I understand. It's shocking. Let's see if they use that shock for something else. But I, what isn't shocking is that is that Noam Dar is out there supporting his lovely lady, Alicia Fox. Great. It's, it's great. great. It's absolutely perfect. So I'm all for Alicia Fox getting an advanced role in the WWE. Uh, she's always solid, and I think she could be one of the more outstanding characters on Raw. It was so weird to me because when she started to play the unpredictable, crazy role, you had a lot of people say, well, they do this all the time with women. Yeah, they do, and there have been a lot that do it really well. AJ Lee did it really well. Uh, Victoria, kind of, she did it okay. It fit her character and the gimmick and the music and stuff. Uh, Mickey James did it. Well, I don't think anybody came close to touching the commitment that Alicia Fox gave to it, like the hat and the pouring the soda all over herself and the extra mile that she went. So, and like all the little things like backstage with Dana Brooke and when she's in a front headlock and Alicia Fox or uh, Alexa Bliss is like, come on, Foxy. And she goes, I'm trying. Just every little thing that she adds, she is perfect for that character. Uh, these two, I thought, had a much better match than the one that preceded it, both last week and the match right before it, and Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Alicia wins with a scissor kick to the back. I really love that she hits that move without any prejudice of where on the body she hits it. Mm-hmm. She's just like, I'm going to club you with a scissors kick, and you're going to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, your, your thoughts on the match and perhaps where these two girls go? I'd love to see them have a match of at least 10 minutes. 
Yeah, uh, I'm 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 down to see where this goes. I think that uh, more likely than not, it's going to lead to the 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 Sasha Banks heel turn. Uh, I think it would be kind of cool to see her keep having struggles uh, in these matches, you know, for whatever reason, uh, blaming everybody but herself, and finally blaming Bailey for not being out there saving her ass the way that she always feels like she was saving Bailey's ass because Bailey is mired in this thing with Alexa bliss and has bigger fish to fry. So it could be this really kind of thing. Like, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you, but I was doing this other thing. She's like, screw your other thing. We're supposed to be best friends. That's a, that's an actual storyline you can run with. And you can have a Sasha versus Bailey match without the title on the line. And these two girls can totally sell it. And that way you can have Alexa bliss do her thing where she's got to, you know, give a title shot to Nia or she can have a program with Mickey James or all these things that she can do as another feud. And then you could have the marquee feud of Mungu women being Sasha versus Bailey. You don't have the title. The title is going to be involved at all. Yeah, I agree. And they're going to have, I'd say these two probably end up facing each other at extreme rules with five main players locked right. in a main event. And no no champion and no Braun Strowman. So right. you're going to have to fill that out. You're going to have Bliss and Bailey. You're going to have this match. You're going to have the tag title match. Miz Ambrose, the regular, uh, the top contender match. And then we got the cruiserweight match, which I hope expands, but we'll talk about that later. Yep. Miz defeated Dean Ambrose via DQ in an intercontinental title match. Maurice always, like her, her non-wrestling gear looks remarkably like wrestling gear. Like every time I see her in it, I think, is she going to wrestle later? But, of course, she's not. The crowd is really hot early on, and that's good because Ambrose needs somebody to bring out the best in him, and he needs a crowd to bring out the best in him because he doesn't do a lot of different stuff. He doesn't evolve. We, we've covered that a, a million times. The Miz is continuing his hot in-ring streak, and I thought this was a really good match. Miz goes to hit Dean Ambrose in the dong and Ambrose catches it and then kicks him right in the wiener Mm -hmm. to which Corey Graves justifies by saying he was going for a strong style thigh grab. Mm -hmm. That is fantastic for, for as much as Corey Graves has become as Jimmy Vand will say on the Wednesday show, the corporate shill with the nicknames. There are moments like this when he gives you absolute gold, Alex. No, no, this is the thing about Corey Graves is that we all hate that he's using the nicknames, but he kind of has to because they tell him he's got to. Mm-hmm. Um, so accepting that, that it's not his idea, like, hey, boss, I think I'm going to use more nicknames. Is that okay? Like, that's not what he's doing. But Corey Graves on his own is coming up with stuff like this. I'm pretty sure he's writing this kind of stuff. And he's coming up yeah. with it on the fly. Uh, and that's what makes him so great. I mean, you have uh, you can have guys who are going to be the chills with the nicknames that are all going to have to say it. So what is he going to do on, outside of that that's going to make him special and stuff like this? Um, yeah, I, I I got into a, a, a thing with you know one of my followers about um, you know whether or not this was a clever move by uh, Dean Ambrose to get himself DQ'd, and I was like, well, okay, cool, but like that hasn't been a thing that he's done in the past, and. It would be fine if that was like the first match between these two, and you know Ambrose thought he couldn't win, so he did some. But this is just another like if I know there was a thing for a while where it was Cena versus Miz and Corbin versus Ambrose, but that seems like a blip in the radar. And it seems like these two guys have been fighting since December, and they might yeah. actually have been. I think they were. So <laughs> like it's just it's six months basically. Of these guys, and I'm I I wanted this to be the end of this. I, I wanted this to I wanted this to be over, and we move on because I across two brands it was just too much. Uh, you know every every I, podcast network kind of has their own thing. I like I like for us to be considered at least the most logical podcast. If we think of something, right. we we do our best to close holes in logic and provide some possible solutions and and things like that. Why does Ambrose get his music played after kicking a dude right in the pecker? No, that was fun. Um, Miz got kicked in the pecker, got his music played because he technically won the match, and then let's stop his music and play the dick kicker's music because that's what we need to do. 
I just love the idea of conflicting soundboard ops, like one heel and one and one baby face that are always fighting over the go button on the little soundboard uh, who gets to push play uh, because it does that would make sense more sense than whatever this was. I will say there was one spot that I absolutely loved um, where uh, Miz countered the wacky rebound clothesline directly into a skull question finale. Everybody's been countering that lately. Well, good. Needs to, needs to be. But um, but in this case, when you look at the two count, I was like, oh, well, there you go. That's If Miz was going to win the match, there's no way he wasn't going to win it with that sequence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, eh. I I mean I guess it's entirely too much for 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 me to get if I you know like like I want I just want the Miz to win a match clean once just like through his own guile because he's a smart dude in the ring and can and can get things done he can be underhanded but not with like you know a fistful of salt in the face or yeah. whatever he's been doing with with Maurice I want him to do one match to win. You know that would be fun, but I don't think we're ever going to see that again. I still, th- I, th- I think that match a couple weeks ago against Balor and Rollins, the only singles match yeah. he's won that wasn't a DQ in 2017, but he's still remarkably over. So that's a true testament to that guy. It wasn't even a singles match; it was a triple threat. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? Like he didn't even do the dirty work to get the guy pinned. Up next, we had an Alexa Bliss promo. Bliss owns the crowd chanting what again? I, if you go to an event and chant what, please hit me up on Twitter and tell me why. It's like beyond a, not like a, why would you do that? Like, I'm genuinely curious. Why do you do it? I'm not calling you an idiot or anything. I just want to know, why do you do it? I think it's a mob mentality thing. I would like to know the people who go and start the what chant. You know what I mean? Like, because those people are sociopaths. The people who are like, oh, everybody else is doing it. It's kind of fun. Come on, honey, let's do it too. Like that I can kind of understand, especially if you've, you know, had a few barley pops from the concession stand at that point. But the people who start it, like, eh, you guys, really? The same goes for you, CM Punk chanters. And you, Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter chanters. Yes. And 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 bringing uh, beach ball bringers to the arena, those guys, all of you guys, uh, no, let's stop that. Let's stop that. Yeah, they, they really should stop that. Hey, guys, if you all have any content ideas, hit me up on Twitter. We're always looking for new ideas for content. If you, there's something you want uh, me to cover, Alex to cover, uh, if you want somebody else to cover, if you're pitching it for yourself. We're always looking to do things a little bit different. Wanted to remind you all to uh, check that out. Also, check out our forums over at Fightful.com. I want every single person listening to start a topic tonight. Fightful.com, go do it. WWE, uh, Impact Wrestling, Lucha Underground, Boxing, MMA, TV, movies, video games, action figures, open discussion. We have a Q&A for uh, us staff members over there. Everybody, go use those forums. If I see you in that chat, that YouTube chat, and you're not using the forums, that's what happens. That's how we deal with it around here. Also, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Get one of these beautiful Fightful shirts. They're so soft. Oh, my gosh. They're so soft. Also, I'll be at NXT and Highland Heights on Thursday. If you all see me, I might be wearing my Fightful shirt. Come say hi. I'd love to talk to you. After Bliss cuts the promo and shuts down the what chant, Bailey comes out for the contrived, Bailey, you're not good enough stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. They fight. Bliss cracks her with a Singapore cane, which got ECW chants. I loved it. I loved that. Well, I mean, really, when, when you think about it, she does look like a miniature female version of the Sandman, like especially no, wielding the kendo stick. Doesn't. Yeah, she does in the face a little bit, a little bit. No, she doesn't. Yeah, she's miniature. <laughs> she's female. blonde. That's it. <laughs> she's got a little bit around the eyes. I can see it just, uh-huh. just a little bit. Oh, that is not <laughs> accurate at all. Oh man. 
TJP and Neville defeated Jack Gallagher and Austin Aries. I really think the cruiserweight title match should be opened up to Gallagher and TJP. Like you, you said before, I think yeah. the four-way ladder match is the way to go, especially, again, if you're looking to stretch out that time yeah. because a four-way ladder match can get you 20 here. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like they don't know what, what their draw is to the cruiserweights. Like – They've decided that Neville and Austin Aries are by far the most important guys, like way more important than everybody else in the division, like way more. And I guess maybe, but everyone else is so far below them. You know, like it's just, they're not, no one's watching 205 Live, and I understand that. But if, like they used to do on Nitro, the cruiserweights got a six-minute showcase match to start Raw, like where they were like the first match on Raw every night. You knew you were going to tune in and see six minutes of crazy shit, high flying, going nuts, all kinds of Rip Rogers hitting dives, all that stuff. We're about, we're about to talk about that, by the way. Yeah. Um, by the way, if anybody heard that, uh, there's a giant thunderstorm going out uh, going on outside my house. So oh, I just figured possible. there's a prison break or something. It's possible that I may lose power at any moment, and if so, Sean will soldier on without me. Yes. Um, but uh, but Cedric Alexander's coming back. Uh, that's a guy who needs a push. Uh, Rich Swan is a former champ. We never see him do anything except for like you know, insult Noam Dar. Mustafa Ali's turning in great matches on Two Hundred Five Live. And never shows up. Grand Metalik is still learning how to wrestle WWE style. On wow, main he's like on main event. Yeah, he's on main event basically every week but he's learning how to do this style because they won't let him do his style. And his style is what made the CWC so damn entertaining. And they won't let us do that. So they won't let them do that. So it's kind of a, just like, this is basically, it's if you have a cruiserweight match, when you go to the trouble of putting all the purple on all the ropes and changing the lights, why are they doing loose chin locks in the middle of the ring for five minutes? That was one of my notes. TJP did a nice Orton lock on Aries. The crowd chanted Derek Jeter at the end of this match, which I thought was a pretty – oh, it was an okay match. That's fine. Let's talk a little bit about the Orton thing, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow too if we have time. we got a lot of stuff to cover tomorrow. And, of course, me and Jimmy will cover it. This was a conversation uh, – Myself and Vince Russo, of all people, used to argue logic a lot because he said it wasn't logical for guys like Finn Balor to beat up bigger dudes. And I would say, you know, in some situations, if he were kicking Brock Lesnar, yeah, I agree. But to say that a smaller guy can't beat a bigger guy, well, I've got dozens of examples of why that's been proven to be uh, a thing that can happen in MMA, which is a shoot. So -hmm. you say, how can I believe it? Well, here are about a million examples of guys who fought at 170 pounds beating heavyweights. Like, it can happen. It happens. The Randy Orton thing. And, you know, Rip Rogers is a guy locally who I've had friends train under, and I respect the guy. I do. I don't take his word as gospel. Nobody should take anybody's word as gospel in in that regard. There's nothing wrong with a dive, especially when you're bragging about a headlock and a chin lock. And I, I've ran this point to death. If you're trying to tell me that AJ Styles is top of the line wrestler, A plus wrestler, and he gets caught in a headlock and he doesn't know to throw a guy over the back of his knee, doesn't know to take the back, doesn't know to throw his arm into the headlock, doesn't know to turn, doesn't know to sit, doesn't know to switch his hips and move around. If I'm looking for, for logic holes and I'm looking for things that make me, oh, I can't, I can't believe this anymore. Well, that's number one. You want me to believe that the best wrestler in the world can't get out of a fucking headlock? When how many times have you seen a headlock applied in an MMA fight? Uh, the answer is like two in UFC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See history that worked, and those were both, both bulldog chokes that finished fights, which are supposed to be illegal in WWE. So that doesn't work. So the answer is never. You never see that. Uh, a dive, sure, it's not always practical. It doesn't always make sense. I've put over Sami Zayn on SmackDown for how he's made his dives make sense, where he'll only do it if it's against a giant guy or if it's against at least two people, where he's not risking as much to do it. It's weird to me that Randy Orton is criticizing a circuit and style of wrestling that he has never drawn money on. He has never drawn money on the independent circuit. Now, could he? Absolutely, he could. But he never has. He's never had to work that style, never needed to work that style, never really needed to draw without the marquee name of WWE. Could he? I don't know. Maybe he could. Probably he could, especially if he were to just leave. But that was weird. That was weird. Yeah. Um, a lot of what I've seen is is defense of it is, um, well, isn't this, are we trying to make this kind of like a fun art form? And all, with all art forms, aren't there things that you personally like and also personally don't like, and then the person next to you could like the opposite? Isn't that what we're doing? It's so like, like if some- somebody got on the podcast and said, you know what, I don't like Star Wars or Pulp Fiction, and everybody just crapped on him. Right, exactly, right. Uh, the same same basic thing applies. Oh wait, I'm sorry. You were the making same the opposite exact part. thing is what yeah, it same is. Exact thing. Um, but uh, the idea is that that I can disagree with you on your opinions about Pulp Fiction and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You can disagree with me, and and that's fine. But it doesn't make the fact that like you're not making a saying an objective truth that Pulp Fiction is terrible and no one should be allowed to watch it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like because that seems to be the the point that that the old schoolers is what I'm calling them. These guys, the Rip Rogers crew are saying about Indy that it shouldn't even exist. It's stupid. Why do you do it? Don't do it. It shouldn't exist. And the other guys are saying, well, we're not telling you that your thing shouldn't exist. We're not saying that, that your headlock thing doesn't have a place in wrestling as what is what you're saying to us. And that's my point is that if you have one side who's saying, Hey, maybe you do yours and I'll do mine and that'll be fine that's the side I'm going to be on as opposed to the side of the people who say the other side is stupid and yeah. sh- shouldn't even exist. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand that point of view for, for all that I've said about headlocks. I ran a like a match story where I was wrestling my catch wrestling coach and I couldn't get out of his headlock no matter what I tried to do. Right. You suspend your disbelief. Right. Some people They're- are more willing to suspend their disbelief and other people are less willing to right. suspend their disbelief. Nobody's wrong for for either one of them. Yeah. Backstage, we get some nice, fun universe puns from Finn Balor. Miz is mad about the wiener kicking. He gets a title rematch at Extreme Rules against Dean Ambrose, and the Drifter shows up. Six weeks we've had the Drifter doing this, and I'm not tired of it yet. No, I know. I don't know what it's going to be. It's it's like a live-action Emelina promo. Like if if they had just instead of having Emelina like like all of her Instagram things, having her just walk in the background seductively and look at the camera and keep moving, I would have loved the Emelina stuff. That probably would have worked really well. That's a good idea. That would have been great. Why not do that? But so I love the Drifter. The other thing that I love about this is is Miz being like, I want a match where the where the where where the title can change hands on a disqualification, and Angle's like, sure, because like that's totally fair. You know, there's, yeah. there's, that doesn't hamstring the Miz in any way. Like he can, he can, get, he can get DQ'd, but then he doesn't win the title. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, yeah. uh, but I'm fine with all this. I love the whole like he kicked me. I love Kurt Angle saying French things to Maurice. Trying. That's that's great. Oh trying. yeah, of course. Yes. Je suis freaking gold medalist. Like that. All all of all, these segments, like make me realize how short Kurt Angle is. I had no idea. I didn't know either. I and when like, he was when he was around, everybody was a lot bigger too. Yeah, I guess I feel like maybe they were bigger, but not taller. I don't know. Like it just knows. Maybe he was wearing crazy. I mean, like, in his boots. I don't know. He must have been like I don't remember Mark Jindrak towering over him so much, and Mark Jindrak was a big dude. Yeah. 
what else do we got here? TJP asking Neville for a title match, and Neville keeps on like putting him off, putting him off. I mean, eventually, they're, they're, like the whole thing is that you've done this thing where you're like you've turned TJP heel, um, and everyone likes him more this way. He fits in as Neville's kind of weird, you know, L.A. douchebag henchman, and that's cool. But the only, it seems to me that the only possible end game of this storyline between Neville and TJP is that TJP turns back babyface for their match, for their eventual match. Because not, I know that's the whole thing. Like, like that doesn't. That's where you're 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 booking into a kind of a corner. Like this is just it's the thing about it is that that there is there's so little. A to B to C to D storytelling in WWE. What it is is A to A to A to A to A to A to B to B to C to F. Like they don't they 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 just keep doing the same points in the beginning over and over and over again. A couple of points in the middle and they jump to the end and you're like, "What I uh, I missed the whole thing where you did the the things with with the things." And and that's that's gone. So uh, I, I this is why I'm, I'm looking forward to having other people be part of the cruiserweight storyline because otherwise it's just gentleman Jack Gallagher, um, you know, being Austin Aries's friend uh, and TJP being Neville's friend, and that's it. Now, that's not fun. Yeah. So. Backstage, Kurt Angle gives Bailey a match with Alexa Bliss, a Singapore cane or a kendo stick on a pole match. Yep. Hmm. So, so here's the thing: um, when when the Singapore cane was parlance for it, there was a reason for that. Yeah. There was a major story in 1993 or 94 about this kid who like put bubble gum on the sidewalk or something in Singapore. As an American kid on vacation, he got his ass caned, and he got his ass caned. Well, and I feel like it was kind of funny that, like, like eventually they changed the parlance of Singapore cane to kendo stick. Yeah. And I wonder how many kids are out there watching this thing who have no idea that's why it's called oh, yeah. a Singapore I, I cane. I remember it because I was young oh, then. But yeah. your boy is going to break it down. Yeah. Why has this weapon stayed? Why has it stayed? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it sounds fucking awesome when you hit somebody with it. it. Sounds that's great. why. And it doesn't exactly. hurt that bad. No, it doesn't hurt that bad. Uh, it leaves little welts or whatever. It it can it hurt, does, yeah. but it's incredibly light. So you can swing it with a lot of force and it'll make a big sound, but it won't actually hurt. You know what I mean? Like they, that, that's the same. It, and we go, ooh, that looks like it hurts. Because especially if you sell it well, it looks like it hurts. When they tell me that those steel steps weigh over 400 pounds, I call bullshit. Immediately in my head, I go, they don't weigh 400 pounds. They yeah. don't. They don't weigh 400 pounds. But this goes, I, I, I watch somebody getting hit with a kendo stick and go, that hurts. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what this is. I, I, like you have five foot uh, Alexa Bliss trying to climb to the top of a pole to get a kendo stick. Uh, that, that, I don't know. It does seem kind of Vince Russo era of the booking. So Come on, he wasn't the first guy to book things on a pole. He wasn't, but he was the guy who made it famous. Uh, and so I, we'll, we'll see where this is. And uh, I'm, I'm infamous. Yeah, not yeah, famous. Exactly. Infamous. Yeah. We got this great backstage segment with Goldust and r Truth. I really, really dig these. Then we get out to the ring for Goldust and r Truth against Anderson and Gallows, and Goldust just beats the crap out of r Truth to absolutely no heat. None. No heat. And this is an easy one. This is an easy heel turn to do. You can have Goldust say, he held me back, yada, yada. But there's a question that we won't have answered yet. Where will this lead? To absolute low-card nothingness or a push for Goldust in a time where they need a guy who can pull that roll off? Now, if you take the chains off of Goldust and let him run, he's going to do some good shit. Because he always does when you ask him to do good shit. Almost without failure. Even when he's got some like personal issues. Right. He makes it work. I mean, I mean you'll, you'll get the occasional black rain in DNA. But uh, 
this he's guy, gotta he's gotta be edgy. He's been around for a quarter century. Mm-hmm. He's been around so long, kids. Long there was a time in WCW where it was illegal to throw a guy over the top rope. Yeah, WCW. Yeah. That's he was there at that time. I've watched stuff on the you watched stuff on the network where he lost a match because he absentmindedly back body dropped a guy over the ropes. Or maybe he was back body dropped. Uh he wrestled so in Starcade eighty eight. <laughs> Starcade eighty eight. That's that that's, that's what we, way, that's thirty years ago. Twenty nine he's been yeah. on for thirty damn years. This guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And he deserves a run doing something fun, something worth his salt before he goes out. If this is it, a cool little heel turn and run, there our uh, truth is getting his own game show on the WWE network. Mm-hmm. They could have him get, you know, jumped by Gold's Dust. He has a he has a match with Gold Dust. Let's say they have a, a grudge match at Extreme Rules. Gold Dust screws, you know, uh, you know, messes him up and our truth goes away for a while. Goes and hosts his little game show, and Goldust can say, "I'm back. I want a shot at something," and he can have a shot at Dean Ambrose if Dean Ambrose beats the Miz. His old Intercontinental title. I love that he busted out the old gear at WrestleMania. Yeah, and, this, is, uh, this could be a lot of fun. I hope. I hope he shows up the next time with the wig and the robe and just does all that stuff. And I, I also like it was a good thing that he he gave an answer to that question that our truth has been asking. For so many years. Damn it. That's what's up, our truth. Okay. Okay. We're done here. <laughs> We're done here. Um Yeah, I would I would like to see something done with Goldust. One good last run. Sure. Big Cass defeated Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil, who came out mocking Enzo and Cass, and he was in like forty two hundred dollars worth of of uh clothes. And Enzo or Cass alerts him that Enzo is not facing Apollo. Titus is facing him. Now, at this point, if I'm Apollo, you're fucking fired. You're fired. I don't get my money tonight. Is that that how it is? is This is the stupid thing is that Apollo comes out with Titus and Titus is doing all stuff on the microphone. They get to the thing and then uh, Cass tells Titus, I'm facing you. And Apollo turns to Titus and goes, I tried to tell you. Like, dude, you're in your gear. You didn't try very hard. Why are you in your gear unless you're playing along with this whole thing? But I will say after Titus gets his ass beat by by Cass, uh, uh, Apollo Crews does the thing that gets him over the most with the crowd, even in Jersey. He uh, kicks Enzo right in the back of the head. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if this is going to lead to anything with Apollo. I hope it does. But it might just be because... Vince McMahon loves seeing Enzo get his ass beat. <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was fair. There's a big boot and a pin. Apollo's face turn was cemented here. Yeah. But I like, hey, I like a little edge being given to Apollo, but he wasn't in the wrong. No. He wasn't nope. in the wrong. No. Seth Rollins defeated Bray Wyatt via DQ. I'm glad to see Seth Rollins firing on all cylinders, but it's, if he is jumping all over the place, you got to kill the knee, injured knee narrative, which I didn't hear a lot of. Maybe I missed it. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't hear much of it either. Uh, let us know if, we're, if we both missed it. Uh, it's possible. But eventually that knee has to be healthy. Mm-hmm. He can't keep re-injuring it in every match for the, for the rest of time. Um, that's going to get stale pretty quick. So I think it already is stale. I think, and is, I think they me, saw to that. To me, it is. To me, it is. And I hope that they're they're making that change. Um, I also appreciated that uh, Bray Wyatt looked really solid in this match. I want them to put all that Randy Orton crap behind him and let him move on and and be serious in some way. Um, uh, you know, an actual contender. This all I was thinking the only here's what the the thing that they could have done to have him come out of that Randy Orton stink fest at payback with something is after he he won the match thanks to Jinder and friends if he attacked the Singh brothers and beat the crap out of them for getting their noses in his business 
because you can protect Jinder and have him not not take any take any offense from Bray. But the the Singh brothers are nobodies. So yeah. like at least have him show that he didn't appreciate that they were getting in there and and giving him the win. Like he'll take the win over Randy because you know screw Randy he hates Randy. But also who the hell are you guys? And I love that the end of this this uh, the end of Raw was him joining in with Samoa Joe beating down Seth and then getting his sister Abigail to Samoa Joe and then one to Seth Rollins because that's who this guy should be. He should he should not care about anybody and he should be fighting everybody. It's you should if Bray wants to be the eater of rules, it should be Bray against the world because he doesn't he can't be friends with anyone. I like that. I, I, I think next week we're gonna do the entire podcast not using anybody's actual name. We're yeah. gonna do all nicknames. <laughs> Everybody. Yes. Too bad, too bad we don't have Braun next week because then we could call them the, the mountain the monster among men. Oh, we'll talk about it. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I bet is there a nickname for everyone? I'm sure there is. Let, let's look up and down the card. No, because right off the bat, I see Noam Dar. Nope, he ain't getting a nickname. Sorry, buddy. No, no, Plans no, no. They, they, they don't use it, but he does have a nickname. On the indie circuit, he was the Scottish Supernova. So they don't You're use right. it. I've he's heard that. One. I've heard that. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I think everyone might. I, you know, I, I didn't mind this Raw. I thought it was a pretty decent Raw. All things considered, especially losing Braun Strowman, they had some good matches. Now, do I think they should maybe save a Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt, save a, a Miz versus Ambrose Intercontinental yeah. title match, which will be on a pay-per-view, or save Balor versus Reigns? Yeah, but ultimately they got to keep those ratings up. Yeah. So. The, the whole thing with the we, – we've, we've heard ad nauseum from you about your uh, distaste for – uh, the extent of Finn Balor's offense. And yeah. while, while I agree with you with diagnosing what he does, I happen to find it compelling. Um, I, I love this match. I thought it was great. And it was one of those things where you're trying to figure out like, okay, so let's say Finn does win this thing, Extreme Rules, and does take on Brock. What's Brock going to sell for from Yeah. Because- for, some reason, for some reason, the Reigns... Balor match wasn't in my notes that I, I have in front of me because I guess they didn't save, but I loved that match. That was great. For for was- all of what I say about Finn Balor's offensive limitations, he made that work. I thought it was very funny that, that Balor's strikes didn't hurt Reigns, but him hitting Balor hurt, and Reigns really adjusted to his opponent. Like, he does his sit-down powerbomb, but instead of, rolling and then picking the guy up and yeah. doing it he just straight up blue thunder bombed him yeah sure no, no, i had a guy Ray- arguing with me last week that reigns only did three moves i'm like guys mm-hmm. you gotta i don't know what you're talking about then i had a guy arguing that aj styles only did five these people are real hashtag <laughs> real people that exist these are real people no. so i linked to a video that <laughs> was titled WWE or AJ Styles top forty moves in parentheses only from WWE. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Um, Reigns is legitimately great as an in-ring performer. It's just the fact that they keep having him do stuff that doesn't make sense in the ring, and then say stuff that doesn't make sense about that stuff when he's on the mic. You know, it's 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 his booking and his writing. It's not his wrestling. You know, his wrestling's great, and he did a really great job in this. And he, uh, Balor sold like, sold like a champ. He took that, that uh, Superman punch like it killed him. He, he sold the hell out of that spear. It was a legitimately very good match. The, the first match they had that gave Finn the shot at the Universal Championship back, back in August was, a, was also a very good match. Um, so now their all-time series stands at 1-1. And I I think that it's a cool idea that these guys can get the better of each other on different nights. I think that's a cool thing. You can talk about 50-50 booking, but I don't think that disqualifies. If they have another match next week and Finn wins, okay, then I'll eat my words. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think that this is a special enough thing they can do that uh, occasionally. Uh, my thought was that the only way that I can see Finn somehow beating Brock is to somehow get him down on the mat long enough to hit a double stomp, double foot stomp right in the diverticulitis. Like, that's the only thing I can think because 
Goldberg's offense that targeted um, Brock's midsection, like put him down for the count. So maybe if, you know, if Finn can jump off a high enough spot and land directly on Brock's ribs, maybe he's got a chance of pinning him. But I can't think of any other way of doing it. I worry about the the long-term health of his ankles legitimately. Yeah. Doing that move, that's, that's a rough one to do. Um, I really like the story of this match. Rain selling his, his injury was just outstanding. Yeah, he, he hit that, that ring post hard when he ran into the corner uh, with the bad shoulder. I wonder, I'm going to, hold on, let me go and Google uh, WebMD and find out about a separated shoulder and what happens to that if you run at full force into a metal post. Oh, wait, it, it, it makes that separated shoulder even more separated? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it's kind of a funny thing. Like, you have like the, where it's obvious to tell a storyline injury from a real injury is because they keep doing bad things to that bad body part and fighting through it because they're such strong guys. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you could have him, you know, have that be a thing that cost him the match because he's fighting like a stupid guy with a separated shoulder or have him avoid doing things with that arm at all times because he knows it hurts. All that kind of stuff could be what worked in the ring psychology as opposed just occasionally walking around holding that arm, you know, like it's either go full on or don't do it at all. Yeah. But uh, overall, I thought that match in particular was outstanding. The story was outstanding. The in-ring work was outstanding. The selling was really good at a hell of a match between those two pay-per-view quality. I gave it an eight out of 10 on my little rating, which you can see. Uh, as I release my podcast notes every Monday at 8 a.m. on Fightful.com. Now, before we go, I'm gonna make we're gonna make some quick picks. We got uh, a little bit of time left. Uh, we're gonna make our quick picks for WWE Backlash. We'll give you more predictions tomorrow. First off, we got Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, KO, only because of all of his merch. Like, I feel like he can hold on to that title for the entire summer and sell a lot of that stuff around uh, uh, 4th of July. All that KO flag stuff, that, that can work. Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler. Nak- Nakamura is absolutely going to win this match. They, he's not going to lose his first match at the WWE main roster. But it should be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see how Dolph sells for that Kinshasa. Oh, Yeah. He's going to make him look like a million. He's going to make Nakamura look like a million bucks. Yeah, he will. Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch against the welcoming committee. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to go ahead and think that something comes out of this where Charlotte, uh, Charlotte turns back heel or at least turns on Becky or Naomi. Um, so probably welcoming committee wins via Charlotte deserting her teammates or something. The Usos versus Breezango. God, I hope I, I want it to be Breezango so bad. I really, really do. I just don't think they're going to pull the trigger, but I want it to be them so bad. And I want their first few to be with a new day. And I want just, I don't want just, just backstage vignettes over and over and over again between those two teams. Uh, but I think the Usos are probably going to take it because they're going to have their first uh, – they're going to lose the titles to the New Day when the New Day come back. Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal. Uh, I, I mean, listen, at this point, just put the damn strap on Jinder. I mean, just do it. And have him be a transitional champion, and he can lose the belt to AJ or something. I don't know. But, like – I'm so done with Randy Orton as champ. I just, I, I just don't. I could not care less. At least Jinder would be something different. But I do think it is very funny that they're selling for the first time ever tomorrow night on SmackDown. AJ Styles takes on Jinder Mahal, as though that was be anything yeah. at all to talk about even four weeks ago. Um, but uh, no, the, Randy's going to win. Uh, and then they'll they'll do another thing. Um, I think they'll probably wind up making a, a Baron Corbin versus Sami Zayn match tomorrow, and I think Baron will win that too. So we also have 
NXT TakeOver Chicago. Again, I'll give my predictions on these tomorrow on the post-Smackdown show with Anna and Jeff. Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne for the United Kingdom Championship. Pull the trigger on Pete Dunne. That guy's a star. He is really good. Authors of Pain versus DIY in a ladder match. Have you heard the big rumors floating around? The big rumors? Some some singer was saying that she's recording the new Johnny Gargano theme. And why would Johnny Gargano need his own theme if he wasn't going to have a singles career? So everyone's like, oh my God, DIY's going to break up. I don't know, but uh, it would be kind of funny to watch those two behemoths try and climb up a ladder. Um, so uh, I, I hope it's DIY. I want DIY because I like those guys. Asuka versus Ruby Riot versus Nikki Cross for the Women's Championship. Asuka. Asuka's uh, going to lose the title at SummerSlam in a one-on-one match to Ember Moon, who's coming back from injury at that point. That's the story they're telling. And they can injury. Injury. Well, it's an injury. It's just not that injury is what I guess we're being told. But um, uh, but also, yeah, Ruby, Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross don't need a belt to fight over. Those two girls can fight forever as far as I'm concerned. Bobby Roode, Hideo Itami. I'm, I'm going to see a lot of these people Thursday. I can't wait for that show. I got to see all the, the loaded roster last year before the, the draft, like the week before the draft happened, like days before. Now I'm getting to see this new reloaded roster days before a takeover. I yeah, can't wait. That's cool. Uh, uh, yeah, Bobby. I think Bobby Roode keeps it because I feel like Hideo, Hideo Itami is deserving of a title match. Uh, he he should have had one like three years ago. Um, you know, like he was in line for that thing and injuries kept giving him setbacks. So he gets his title match. I don't think he's going to win it. Uh, I think they're, I think they're, they're building toward either a Roddy Strong versus Bobby Roode or a Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Roode thing down the line. Also, guys, in addition to WWE Backlash on Sunday, NXT TakeOver Chicago on Saturday, when I'm not doing a post-show podcast, but we do have live coverage of Bellator 179, which is a pretty fun card. you got Czech Congo against undefeated in Bellator. I think he's unbeaten in like five or six fights, Augusto Sakai. Also, uh, Linton Vassell versus former Bellator champion Liam McGeary. And the big one, Rory McDonald makes his Bellator debut against Paul Daly. So come over and hang out with us in the live coverage of that. Talk to us. All that good stuff. But lots of uh, things coming your way. Alex, tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter. At Pulowski the Fourth. Guys, you will not find a website that covers the lighter side of pro wrestling and MMA any better than us. But we do it in a serious manner, too. If you can't have fun doing this job, I don't know what we're doing here. Also, that boxing podcast from Carlos and Steve Mulehausen has blowed up. People like it. Alex, you got anything else? Uh, you know, there's 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 a lot to cover this week as we go into to a a a double uh, wrestling show. Um, uh, I believe I have something coming out tomorrow about how uh, JBL thinks that Titus O'Neil is too big to be a manager. Just straight up. Just too big to be a manager. He's just too too big big to be a manager. That is 80s mentality. It is. Yep. That is 80s mentality. Guys, again, subscribe to us. It means a whole lot. Visit Fightful.com. I know some of you just come here for the podcast and stuff. I want you to try out Fightful.com. I promise you'll enjoy it. Uh, Friendly comment area, friendly forum areas. Use those forums. Everybody, right now. Right now. Go over to Fightful.com, register absolutely free, and submit a topic right now. Until next time, guys, we're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.